You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. The man who will bring justice to those who have poisoned my city. My name is Oliver Queen. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. City Report, the unofficial Arrow podcast, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, October 16th, 2018, and I am your host, Brittany Garcia. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, Arrow. Please welcome my vigilante co-host, Dan O'Brien. Hello. Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, Star City. Welcome back. Professor X. Hello, everyone. And Rohan Matal. Hello, everyone. Looking forward to discuss this episode. As am I. You guys will learn today that I am the Arrow fangirl. So let's jump into our recap of Season 7, Episode 1, which was titled Inmate 4587 and aired on October 15th. 2018. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Following Oliver's shocking decision to turn himself over to the FBI and reveal his identity as the Green Arrow to the public, Oliver has spent the past five months in Slapside Maximum Security Prison. Determined to keep a low profile to shorten his sentence for the sake of his family, Oliver is tested when he runs into old foes. Meanwhile, Diggle and Dinah have taken on new jobs and left their costumes behind, but not everyone is following the suit. With her focus on William, Felicity tries to start over, but when someone from her past resurfaces, things become complicated. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 7, Episode 1. The episode was viewed by 1.42 million total viewers and had a 0.4 in the demo rating, matching both its Season 6 average and finale in the demo, while ticking up to its biggest non-crossover audience in a year. So, pretty good ratings for Arrow Season 7 premiere. Alright guys, so what was everyone's initial reaction to this episode of Arrow? We're back with Season 7 and it's pretty crazy. So let's start with you, Jeff. What did you think? Alright, I'm going to pull a Ryan Seacrest because I, I want uh, to, to freak Brittany out uh, and leave you in suspense. So I'm going to start off by saying, 
Out of all of the DCCW shows, this was the one that I was the most nervous about. This was the one that I was really worried about, like, what this season's going to be like after the mess that was last season and the uh, ridiculous amount of drama that the previous showrunners brought to the series. And I've got to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I really liked the episode. If there's anything that I will nitpick about, and uh, I will explain it later on when you start asking us about it, is uh, the, um, uh, the the little um, scenes. I'm trying not to even spoil it, uh, just because I, I feel like you're going to have a whole section for that, Brittany. But those scenes on a boat and someplace familiar, that's the only thing that kind of bugged me just because I don't know where they're going with that. But uh, all the stuff in Star City, I found really, really interesting. And uh, I liked seeing where everyone is sort of like five months later. So uh, overall, I found it to be a really good episode. And I have to give props to the new showrunner. She really figured out a way to sort of um, at least start fixing some of the mistakes from last season. And she has a lot on her plate, honestly, and I feel like this episode really sets up the stage for what um, could be a really great season of Arrow, and, or maybe even, I don't want to say return to form, because I feel like she's adding some spice to it, but, I mean, if you guys didn't know, or if the listeners didn't know, uh, Beth has been on Arrow since as, as an assistant writer since season one, so she's been there from the beginning, she knows a lot of stuff, and I feel like bringing that in to season seven is much needed, and I think after this premiere, uh, we should be a little bit hyped. As if I didn't already give you guys my initial reaction, I'm totally hyped, I really like this episode, but continuing on, Professor X, do you feel the same? Did you like this, ep- did you like this premiere, or are you feeling something else? No, I pretty much agree with Jeff. I, I was, uh, you know, um, a bit cautious going into the season because, you know, last season was a bit of a train wreck. Uh, and there's always the, uh, you never know how a, uh, to what extent a new showrunner can really uh, put their mark uh, on a show right from the get-go. But this was a beautifully shot episode. Um, I thought it was really well acted. It was, uh, it was really nicely done. Uh, and even just, you know, little things like, you know, the, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of fight scenes, but, you know, one was spectacularly shot. There were beautiful transitions between the scenes. Um, it really did feel like, you know, an attempt to relaunch the show to, to put a very bold print on it that, you know, the, the show is going to be going in a new direction uh, to reflect the fact that, you know, there are new people in charge. And, uh, and I thought it, uh, it started out very well. It's, it's not the way I, I said last season that I wanted Arrow to go. I didn't want, you know, Ollie to be stuck in jail and just fighting, uh, you know, uh, uh, the guys he put in jail for, you know, months at a time, even though that looks like what's going to happen. Um, I thought this was a very, very strong episode. All right, I'm loving all this positivity because I feel the same. Of course, you know, I'm going to fangirl just a little bit more, but... Um... I think there's also something to be noted that while Beth has been a writer, I feel like being a showrunner is also totally like a different spot, which is why there's a lot of fan division over Mark Guggenheim. Um, He's written a lot of great episodes, but people didn't feel like he suited the showrunner uh, role too well with, you know, some of the train wreck seasons. Um, uh, But he's always been a pretty good writer. Um, so I, it's just like, okay, Beth is a great writer, too. She's done some great episodes, but can she showrun? And I feel like we got just a little bit of that. But um, Dan, do you agree? Did you like this episode, or or are you feeling something else? No, I, I, I'm going to echo what everybody else kind of said. And I'm, I'm a bit of an Arrow fan myself. I, I have a tendency to kind of like 
it the best among the te- you know the DC shows when it's done oh, well. Yeah, no, what can I say? Last season was a train wreck, don't get me wrong. It, it was kind of difficult to watch at times. But this one, James Bamford, who who directed the episode, he always does a pretty decent job, and he does a lot of their fight choreography, too. And uh, as you said, Beth coming on and being the showrunner was, was kind of a great addition. I, I actually kind of differ with Jeffrey in terms of those isolated scenes that we're talking about there. I kind of liked it because I, I mean, I wasn't on the, you know, the podcast last season, but I, I kind of wanted a time jump at some point. Uh, and so it's interesting that, that maybe that that's what that's going to end up being without giving too much away because I, I imagine we're going to talk about it. But yeah, no sure reactions. I liked it. And it was kind of a, not quite a return to form, but I liked the, the serious tone and kind of serious Oliver. And uh, and I, I like Kirk Acevedo. I, I realized last season. Boo. Well, he's nice. Like, he's good, but just the character. Yeah. We're yeah. all going to fight you over that. Dragon. <laughs> Um, we're tired of the yeah, dragon. So think, yeah, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> all right. We're getting positive all across the board. Now the pressure's on you, Rohan. How did you think about, or what did you think of this premiere? Uh, so I just want to talk about where I sit with Arrow. It is my favorite of the DC TV shows. Yeah. Uh, I know... I know last Brittany, week I you've said, got competition. <laughs> I know last week I said Black Lightning is currently the best, and I do think that is the case, but my favorite is Arrow, and I think, especially for me, I love season five of Arrow. I think that might be the best season of DC TV ever made. Uh, last season, I, I liked more than most people. Uh, I know I'm hearing... Some, I know I hear a lot of people say it was a complete train wreck. I don't think it was a complete train wreck, but I don't think it's as good as seasons one, two, or five either. either. This premiere, I'm I'm going to be honest, I don't know how to feel. I watched it earlier uh, today, and I know how we we're supposed to give a rating for this episode. I still haven't made up my mind because I've just been thinking about it, and... I mean, hopefully by the end of this podcast, I will make up my mind, but I think it was a good setup episode, but in terms of actual plot, uh, it's a little bit messy, in my opinion. Well, okay. Um, I love that the two newbies, I'm going to call you guys newbies just like for this episode, maybe another one, maybe three. We'll see. But I love that you guys love Arrow, like me, I am Arrow's my favorite, and uh, she's the I really queen. Like, I am the queen. Also, Pun I intended. Love all, I, I love Oliver and Felicity. So if you guys aren't, you know, uh, into that, it's okay. I'll take care of that on my own with my rants. But anyways, um, I think uh, most of us like this episode. Some of us feel a little bit um, nervous, still cautious, but that is okay. It's still the premiere. We don't know where this is going, but at least we have a little bit of a good feeling. Um, but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Arrow, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. 
you will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. All right. So um, I have to say, even though I loved this premiere, it was probably one of my favorites. Um, the last one I, ha- I loved, eh, excuse me, the last premiere that I really, really loved was back in season three, which is also like a controversial season. But I mean, I never felt this hype before until uh, or since then. So, um, it's safe to say that this opening for this episode was, uh, bringing that back for me. I just kind of loved it. We start with, um, the running in the forest, as, uh, every Arrow premiere should have. Uh, only this time, it is not Oliver, it is William, and then it is Felicity, and they're running from Diaz on what we can assume is Leanne Yu. And it gets a little bit crazy, Diaz is doing his crazy villain monologue, I did not miss those, by the way. And uh, he shoots Felicity, and it's like, oh my god, all the, you know, Reddit fanboys are getting happy about that. But no, uh, immediately we get to Oliver's eyes opening um, as he is in prison. It is pretty much a dream, or I would say not a dream, a nightmare. But I would, you know, I would say that it's also a foreshadowing of what's to come in this episode alone. But um, after that, we just basically begin with a montage of Oliver's days in prison. We only need one montage to see Oliver's entirety in the prison of the past five months. We get some somber music, we get the great shower scenes, and we get some more of that later, which I'm not going to, you know, complain about. But everything else is pretty, I would say, hopeless. I feel like seeing Oliver in there with the beard, you know, it's just, it's just some sad times. So... What was your thoughts, or what were, excuse me, your thoughts on this uh, opening scene, Professor X? Did it set the mood for you? Did it set the tone? Did you like it? Not terribly. I mean, it it was nice to start with action, but as soon as we saw, I knew it was going to be a dream sequence. There was Mm -hmm. no way they were going to shoot Felicity and and William in the first episode, in the the first three minutes of the first episode. Uh, Ballsy, though, that move would have been. So I knew it was going to be a... um, 
uh, a dream. But that said, having it, you know, that that was what uh, Oliver was dreaming, uh, you know, having it go right to his eyes and, and setting up that, uh, that sort of, you know, almost Groundhog Day. Uh, repeat. It gives you uh, a sense of what he's going through uh, on the inside. You know, the fear that he can't protect his family, that he's, you know, going through the motions in there, uh, and the, the repetitive nature of it. I thought it worked okay like that, but yeah, as I say, it it, it felt a bit, you know, it was so obvious that uh, that it wasn't going to be real, that it didn't surprise me at all. Uh, but I thought it worked pretty well to establish, uh, you know, to at least get us a little bit into Oliver's mindset. Yeah, I think uh, with the way things, you know, unraveled in seasons uh in season six's finale um the fact that diaz was not caught i'm still gonna be bitter forever at black siren as if i needed more reason to hate her um because he wasn't caught oliver you know has this fear that diaz is looking for felicity which he you know we learned later he was i mean safe to assume that so he is having nightmares about that and it's just it's i just love me some all the city angst guys i just love this it was great but uh, seeing Oliver in prison is just not my favorite thing. Um, does anyone else have something to mention uh, with uh, that nightmare or just Oliver's little montage, you know, of working out really, really nicely? <laughs> on a on a tangent, but uh, related to the, the start of the episode, I liked the new uh, opening title card sequence. Oh, yes. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Um... I just want to point out that I like the song they use for the montage. It's um, Madness. Uh, Fitting. Yeah, I just want. <laughs> yeah, I just like that song. So I was actually listening to it this morning while on my run. Running like William or Oliver through the forest. I don't know if I want to run through forests. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, as a horror movie fan, I don't think we should do that. But <laughs> moving on. Um, I'm going to break this episode up into sections because while the, the premiere I thought was really great and, you know, some, most of us agree with that, there was a little bit or t- a little, yeah, a little bit of stuffiness in there because we had almost everyone having their own little arc with the exception, I would say, of Diggle and Curtis, even though they came out in the episode and I would have loved more Diggle. Um, I'm all about that OTA stuff. Um, but everyone kind of had their own little thing, even if they kind of, you know, intertwined together, which is what I'm going to talk about first, because I think Oliver and Felicity's stories go together. But I want to talk about Oliver a little bit by himself for, uh, first before we jump into that that stuff. So um, let's start. I'm going to call this good stuff. Let's start off with the good stuff, because I think we most of us here um, are Oliver Queen fans. So we just want to see how he's doing in prison. We saw a montage. We thought that that was it, but not really. You know, things are about to get crazy when the episodes start to come out. So um, we get some scenes of Oliver, you know, with his past foes who are just basically being assholes to him. They're glaring at him. They're taunting him. They're trying to provoke him. And Oliver is forced to keep his head down. This is what he's cho- he chose to do uh, for the past five, five months. He doesn't want to get into any more trouble. He's hoping that... The more he behaves, the more he avoids everybody, you know, maybe his sentence will be lowered or he'll get out on good behavior, you know, and I mean, I'm hoping for that, but they never really kind of tell us anything. Even in the season six finale, we didn't really get that. We just know he's going to prison for a long time. Um, And I think uh, if anybody was reading interviews or articles, if anything, Stephen Amell had been saying that Oliver was going to do something in the premiere that was going to make every all Oliver fanboys hate him. And I believe he was talking about um, refusing to help 
the one inmate that was asking for help twice, and he oh. refuses to help him. That yeah, didn't bother me. Much, yeah, it didn't bother me either. But <laughs> that's what uh, uh, Stephen M. was saying. He's like, Oliver does something pretty unheroic in he's the premiere. Dramatic. You know he likes to hype up stuff. You know, if he really likes it, he's going to hype it up. But I can see what they mean because we get, not at the beginning, but we get um, a scene with the two of them talking after that guy gets a beating and he tells him, you know, I'm not supposed to be in here. I was falsely ac- uh, accused. So he's, you know, in there being, you know, bullied um, and nobody's helping him. Nobody wants to help him. And the one person he thought would is not. And uh, it's kind of heartbreaking. You see, you do see Oliver wanting to step up, but he has to do right by his family, or so he thinks. Um, and we don't get too much of uh, Bronze Tiger, but uh, he, they, we get some really great fight scenes in the prison. I just have to say that those security guards are the, wor- are the worst. I hate them all. Why don't they do anything? I hate them. Or they're getting paid and they're corrupted, so it's one of those. But I'm, I'm going to stand by that. Um, Dan... Since you love Arrow like me, I assume you're a big Oliver Queen fan, or maybe now you are and you weren't, or maybe now you're not. I don't know, but we're going to find out now. What did you think of Oliver being unheroic with um, not wanting to help this guy who, who needs protection, and Oliver coming, you know, coming across his old foes and they're trying to provoke him, and he's like, nah, I'm not going to do anything. I kind of echo what, what you know, Jeffrey said. I'm not sure it was unheroic. It, it didn't bother me. And I kind of felt like in prison, he's not Arrow anymore. He's Oliver. And in a lot of ways, it reminded me of when he was stuck on Lee and you in the beginning. The idea of responsibility for his actions has to be larger than reacting and being the superhero he was kind of on the outside. So, you know, it didn't bother me. Of course, it was heartbreaking when, you know, I, I can't think of the kid's name, the, the actor's name either. But when he talked about being falsely accused, and he could see it kind of affected Oliver in some way. But no, I, I've always loved Oliver, and I like pretty much every version of Oliver they put out there even when it hasn't necessarily worked plot wise but uh but no I I, I dug it and I, I didn't it didn't bother me I guess I'm not a fanboy enough to uh <laughs> to be affected by it but uh no I I, I dug it I, I think it was a solid solid foreshadowing for the type of hero he's probably going to be post uh crossover break or something once he's out of prison uh but it was interesting okay I have to admit too I'm, I mean I'm going to I'm going to just agree with you. I don't think it was unheroic, but I understood what Stephen Amell was trying to say in those interviews. Like, because if you compare who Oliver was in season one, you know, yes, he was helping the city, but it was more for selfish reasons. You know, I have to write my father's sins or, you know, or do right by my father. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of the saying right now, but it was very selfish. It was very isolated. And then he grew to become a hero, you know, after, accepting Diggle and Felicity in there and being like, you know what, you could do more than this, than go by this list. You can help people, you can protect um, the the ones that need it. And that inmate, you know, he needed it. He needed some help and Oliver just, you know, turned him away. But I, at the same time, if you're an Oliver fan, you know that he needs to behave. I mean, we don't know if those security guards are, you know, corrupted, um, which I think I'm still going to say they are. But I feel like Oliver's going to get in trouble no matter what. Whether he's sitting by himself and they know he's sitting by himself and that he's getting provoked, it doesn't matter. So better safe than sorry. Oliver should not help him. But I feel like by the end of the episode, that's going to kind of turn. But I Yeah, mean, I feel I'm, like it was a, a, a prison within a prison, right? For him, it's, mm-hmm. it's more than one layer. There's the walls, but then there's the mental prison of 
not being able to be the kind of hero he thought he should be, as you said, after the first season, and he learned that it was bigger than just righting his father's wrongs and saving the city. He could be more than that. And there's uh, like a prison squared for him, which which I found kind of interesting. Yeah, he grew into a hero. I mean, he was a vigilante and then turned into hero. So it's like, how come he's not being a hero in prison? And I kind of love this because, I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to compare the, the, um, the prison arc or the jail arc um, to the flashes. You know, Barry was in there and it was like bad for like one episode or like a scene. And then he's having pudding with, with, with you know, one of the wrestlers. And it's just all good. And you know Barry would try to help that guy, but it's different for Oliver. It is so different on Arrow, which I really enjoyed in this episode. Um, so Oliver, I'm not mad at you. We, we ain't mad at you. But, um, you know, if you can make it right later, we're going to root for you anyway. Um, anyone else have anything to say on uh, Oliver's unheroic deed before we move on? Uh, yeah, I wanted to comment on it. So when I had watch this episode the way i read uh when the man whose name i do not know i don't know either is it stan i don't know why somebody was saying stan but i don't know just inmate random inmate guy okay well when random inmate guy asks (laughs) oliver for help and oliver says no the way i kind of interpreted that scene was oliver trying to distance himself because he he knows that people in the prison are going to come after him. And obviously we see that they do. So I believe that by refusing to kind of be buddies with uh, with the guy who was actually helping him, because if he keeps his distance from Oliver, he's less likely to uh, get, get caught in any of the fighting or less likely to be targeted. So, yeah, in my yeah. opinion, yeah. So, in yeah. my opinion, I don't think what Oliver was doing was unheroic. He was still being heroic in a different, uh, in in a different way. Yeah, I can uh, I can agree with that. I can get on board with that. Um, I mean, Oliver is a what's the word? Um, well, he thinks a lot. He's really smart, and he just. He'll come up with other ways to help people. And he does kind of say that um, towards the end after they have their moment at the, you know, later part of the episode where he's like, you know what, just keep your head down and you're going to be okay. Like, I knew they weren't going to kill you. I know they weren't going to go that far because they're trying to provoke me. It's not about you. Um, So Oliver is thinking about it. He is trying to do what he can for both of them. So, you know, Oliver is heroic. I don't know what you're saying, Stephen Amell. I don't know. I think he just misses season yeah. one, Oliver. <laughs> but, um, okay, so still talking about Oliver because uh, this is where I'm going to get into a little bit more emotional stuff. But with Diggle, um, Oliver, you know, he doesn't get to do much. I don't even know if they told us, like, the rules of um, people going to visit Oliver. Like, is it once a month or once every two months or once a week? I don't know. Um, but it kind of seems to me like it might be a once a month thing or every other month because uh, of the way Oliver, you know, is asking Diggle, you know, how's William and Felicity? Is there any news on Diaz? Is there any? And he's asking for updates, so I can only assume time has passed. And um, I was just feeling all the feels, guys. After season six and that horrible episode of Diggle versus Oliver, um, I just really like where they are now. And um, it's a small scene. 
not very long, but you really feel the first, this really is the first emotional one that we get aside from, you know, Oliver looking at the picture of his family and wanting to be back with them. Um, but it, it's, it's the scene with his brother, you know, and Diggle has seen Oliver as, you know, we have the audience from season one to season six, and he's seen him at his worst. But I kind of love that in this, in this scene when he's talking to him, he tells him, you know, don't lose yourself in here. And Oliver's kind of like, well, you know, I, I've been worse. And he's like, well, yeah, physically. But uh, he's talking about mentally. You know, Oliver has a lot of issues. And he doesn't want that to weigh on him mentally. But I feel like every time Diggle goes to see him, it's getting worse. Um, but it's still, it's just really emotional. And I really enjoyed it. Um, but there, but unfortunately, there's no news. Diaz's trail has gone cold. Um, and everyone's kind of losing a little bit of hope, but Oliver refuses to believe that Diaz is gone for good. He has a feeling that he's either plotting or he's already working towards finding uh, Felicity and William, because that's his target. Um, so, Rohan, what were your thoughts on this? Do you have anything? Do you like Diggle and Oliver? Is that your favorite bro TP? Oh, yeah. They've been friends since episode one. Uh, Diggle's the first one to learn about Oliver. Uh, being the, the at least at, at, in season one, I think it was he was just the hood, yeah. at least called the hood, and yeah, they're the dynamic between Oliver and Diggle is definitely my favorite. Actually, when they said that you have a visitor, I was expecting it to be Felicity, mm. but I'm so happy that it was it was Diggle because it is that is my favorite. Uh, is I think when Oliver and Diggle are on screen together, uh, the show is at its best. Like the two of them, all they got to do is talk. I will watch a whole episode of them just talking. As you said, we do learn a lot about what's going on with everyone else, and honestly, I do like this scene because it's it's pretty short and there's not a lot of dialogue, but there is a lot of information that is transmitted. We we learn how much time has passed, but that's five months. That's always all the seasons. We learn that Felicity and William are in witness protection, and we also learn that uh, Diaz is still on the loose with no leads, but then we also get that emotional connection between them, where Diggle, he's always kind of being like the big brother to Oliver, and the show doesn't have a father figure t- like the other shows do, so the the dynamic of Diggle being a big brother, I, I think it's very important, and I like that it's continuing on. Oh, yeah, and I think also with the absence of Thea, I really feel like Diggle's, like, the next best thing. Or he's always been, I think, my number one, uh, even when Thea was there, but now that she really isn't, it's just... I don't know how to explain it. We've seen Oliver, you know, push people away. We've seen him, you know, isolate himself. But this time being in prison, you know, the one time he really doesn't want to be alone, he's like trapped in there. So I just kind of love seeing uh, Diggle be the first one or not, if not the first one, the only one, uh, obviously, that can visit him because she's uh, Felicity and William are in um, witness protection. They She cannot go see him. So that's our pretty much our confirmation that... Uh, they haven't seen each other in five months, and I'm already, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, the, I, I, I am them, because I haven't seen the show in five months, and I was just like, no. So, um, we can start wrapping up Oliver's storyline as we talk about Felicity, because that's pretty much like the last thing that we get with Oliver, aside from, you know, the, the big fight scene, which I'm going to be talking about right now. Um, 
we have to talk about Felicity first. We see Felicity under her new alias and um, her new look, which, by the way, Emily Bett is a goddess. Don't at me. She looks amazing in anything. I really love the highlights and the, the, the layers of the hair. She looks great. Um, but if you want to keep a low pro- profile, I don't know if wearing colors in your hair is uh, the best thing. But, you know, with the way uh, <laughs> things are, with the way things are, like, you tend to stand out. But also, you just kind of admire it more than you're, you know, wanting to look at them. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, my sister colors her hair all the time. So, I, she sticks out. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, I just love it. Emily just looks great and everything. So, she's really rocking uh, the look. But you know that she's not having any fun where she is. Uh, we get some fun scenes with her a little bit. You know, she gets hit on by some guy. And uh, she makes the comment, I still got it. And uh, that's cute and all, but you really see when she gets home and she has uh, her small scene with William. You know, they, they've been a little family. She's, li- she's literally a mom right now. Uh, she's pretty much like a single mom and um, hasn't seen her husband, and she has to take care of, the, of, of William. So it was just a really nice little scene where they, they're just both talking about how much they miss Oliver. Um, and it's just, oh, it's just so heartbreaking. But it isn't until, you know... Uh, Diaz makes a surprising appearance. Oh my god. Uh, and I thought this was a dream too. I thought we were going to have dreams all day. Like I thought uh, Oliver was going to be having nightmares of Felicity dying. I thought Felicity was going to have dreams of Diaz coming to find her and William. Like I don't know. I thought this was a dream but it turns out it wasn't because it starts to get action packed. I found um, in this episode at least three uh, really great fight scenes. Um, two of which I'm going to talk about right now, which is Oliver's shower fight scene and Felicity versus Diaz. And I just love that these two were back to back. Like, I don't even care. Like, Felicity and Diaz weren't even, like, like you know, hand to hand. It was just her throwing hot coffee at him and kicking his ass with, um, I don't know, what did she get? One of the, what are those things called from, like, the fireplace? The, um, can't think of the word right now. But she was beating the crap poker. out of him with Poker, that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I don't, I don't, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was just amazing. I just, that, that's what I wanted to do to Diaz last season. Like, let's get, let's be real, all of us wanted to do that to him. You wanted to poke him? Um, poke him, smack him, you know, whatever, anything, because I just, oh, I'm so done with him. But I, this is something I never thought we would ever get, but I'm so glad we did. I know, I know Felicity gets a lot of hate from some, from some fans, like, oh my gosh, she's a super geek, and she can do anything, and look, she can even fight Diaz, and I'm like, she didn't really fight him. She just threw things at him and tried to catch him off guard. That's it. And I think that that was perfect. But I just love that they had a husband and wife back-to-back fight scene. And it was just, I don't know. I just, it was so great. But Oliver, man, why couldn't we, why couldn't Arrow be in the 8 o'clock slot? We could have gotten maybe some um, really great butt shots. But unfortunately, we did not. But Oliver kicks some serious ass. There are no butts on the CW. Yeah, you don't know that. We could get a little bit more. The it, the CW can get a little bit raunchy. Like, let's be real. Um, no. and it could, we could have gotten there. We could have gotten there if they kept the same time slot as last year. But oh well. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know if you know, but Amel actually tweeted when they announced the time slot. He's like, well, it looks like I did all those squats for nothing now that you won't be seeing my uh, bare, butt, bare butts. Yes. I think he was bummed, though, but, yeah. Yeah, probably probably bummed him and his... Yeah, no, I... Bummed. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sad. I'm sad about that. I really feel like we were robbed, guys. I really... But that doesn't... But still does not take away of the amazing 
Um, the way the everything of that scene, and again, James Bamford is just fucking amazing. I always look forward to his episodes because you know there's going to be some sick choreography, and what better than like you know the married couple doing their own thing? It's just it is awesome. Um, and after that, we we basically just get the the Allicity reunion. They, we haven't seen each other. We excuse me, I'm not in there. They haven't seen each other. They they talk, and I just kind of love that it's a lot of you know I miss you, I love you, but then it gets serious. You know, Oliver wants her to be safe, but Felicity's like, I tried it your way. You know, you made decisions for me last season, and look where that was. I didn't even get to say goodbye to you. I didn't even know. It's just me and William now, and you know what? We were in witness protection, and Diaz still found us. You know, how, how, how much longer can she keep running? Because he's always going to find her. So Felicity saying, I have to fight back, is really, really important. Because at first, Oliver's worried about that, but ultimately, it inspires him too. Because at the end of the episode, we see him, we see the green arrow in him resurface as he beats the crap out of some of the the inmates in there especially the one that told him oh your wife's dead and he tells him you should have killed me i just i i just wow amazing i could keep ranting but i want you guys to talk about how you felt uh about these scenes but jeff i'm gonna start with you first what were your thoughts on anything felicity and oliver in this episode and especially the fight scenes okay that is a lot uh Felicity was awesome throughout the episode. I love that she was getting flirted with uh, in the coffee shop. I love the new persona. It was like punk rock Felicity. I was here for it. Um, gosh, the Felicity hate is so much on the internet that I sometimes find it really ridiculous because, like, I'll read the comments, you know, under recaps and that kind of stuff, and some people were like, can you believe Felicity? She's making life decisions for William. I'm like, she's his freaking mother. Like, it's like, it, like, she didn't consult with Oliver. I'm like, oh my god. Like, like, the hatred for Felicity is insane. She can't fight like that. Like, it was just, it's too much for my life. It, it cracks me up because of the, the stupidity. But as far as the fight, since I referenced it, uh, I thought the fight was hella dope. It was like a brawl. Um, it, um, Felicities. Uh, I thought that one was pretty awesome. I loved all of the fight sequences with Oliver. I, I mean, you know, unfortunately, it, it uh, extended his uh, whatever the hell the sentence is. But you could tell that, that he needed to, to do that. Like, he needed to defend himself. And I, I really was here for all of it the shower one was really cool and then the one where um he made the guy pay for being a douchebag was fantastic uh yeah i mean i really loved all of it i thought oliver's storyline was really good i loved his moment with felicity when you know he realized uh, that, that she isn't dead i loved uh the moment in which like felicity found her power and she was like i'm not gonna hide anymore i, I just i liked it a lot i really loved their storyline i found it really interesting and um i was here for all of it yeah so that's just oh that's so beautiful i, I if i don't choose you guys to talk i'm gonna be talking about it because i just i cannot get over um how great they're writing them now. I think that the whole will they, won't they, the breaking up, getting back together, like all of that is just gone. Now we just have two 
uh, partners to people that are separated, but they're fighting for the same thing. They're fighting for each other. And I just kind of love that, you know, Felicity tells him, you know, do you know what it's like to um, want to protect your family, but you can't? And he just resonates with that so well. It's not it's not to clap back at him. It's to get him to understand why she needs to fight back now. And he needed to hear that so he can do the same thing. Um, does anyone else have anything to say in regards to Felicity and Oliver um, in this episode? I like yeah, I mean, they, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, sorry uh, I just wanted to, before we get, uh, uh, because it, it happened earlier in the episode, I just want to give a little love to uh, uh, the earlier fight scene uh, with Renee. It was shot completely differently from the Felicity Oliver. Uh, the Felicity mm-hmm. Oliver was sort of, you know, the, the rapid cut and cutting between the two fights, which worked really well. But I really loved the choreography of uh, the, that first fight scene. It was very brief, but, you know, done with a single tracking shot, uh, moving around. Uh, the choreography necessary to make a fight like that look we- look good uh, was excellent. And also it showed that, uh, you know, Rene was doing his own stunts. He was doing that fight himself because he was clearly, you know, in the shot for the full thing. Uh, so I just wanted to give a little love to a, what I thought was like a really nicely shot uh, early fight scene. I guess we can just wrap up the Felicity and Oliver stuff. I mean, it was just, it was good stuff. Uh, um, whether you like them together or not, I'm just really glad that they're growing together than, you know, apart and just having drama, you know, internally. It's more about like, hey, we need to, we need to do this together. Otherwise, we're not going to survive. So I just, I really love that. So... Okay, that's it for the Oliver and Felicity stuff and Actually, the, a little... Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I did have one quick comment. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but the book that Oliver used was The Count of Monte Cristo mm-hmm. to, to do the fight. And if you guys know this book, it's about a man who is wrongfully imprisoned who later escapes. Uh, so I found it kind of cool that they used that book specifically. That's I think I, it, I think it could be foreshadowing too, uh, to be honest. I think uh, Arrow is really good at doing that, especially with the good writers. And I feel like Beth is really planting the seeds in here of what's to come, especially with having Oliver have those nightmares of Felicity, you know, being killed by Diaz. If not being killed, at least being found. And that's exactly what happened in this episode. But it kicks everything into gear. Oliver's been keeping his head down for the past five months. He's not anymore. So, I think he's going to be escaping. I'm really, I really wonder how they can, how they're going to do this, and we can talk about that in predictions uh, at the end oh, of the episode. Okay, because I completely uh, disagree with you. Oh no, I'm I'm just saying there's options. He either he's either going to escape, he's going to be pardoned, um, he's going to get a reduced sentence because he did something. I mean, I don't know. They could go of many ways, but you know, uh, Watson is a pain in the ass. I really don't know what they're going to do with her in the season. And I'm done with her like I'm done with Diaz. Just take out the trash. <laughs> but there were some other things going on in this episode, which um, were also really important, whether or not, you know, you still hate NTA or you still feel bitter, which I still do. But I have faith in Beth that she's going to redeem them. But if it were up to me, I would still keep it strictly OTA if I could. But we start off with... Um, or should I say Renee gets a lot of the spotlight in this episode. We get to see what he has been up to and also Dinah. But mostly Renee, we see that he's running um, like a self-defense class for some of the people that live in the Glades. I would say like the teens or maybe it's open to everyone. It looks like, you know, the, the students are younger. Um, so it's just really nice that 
Um, Renee's doing this, and I think he's doing it more in the name of Oliver. And the way he carries himself when he's telling the, the, the students of what it is to, you know, learn how to fight. It's not for violence. It's to protect the people you love. And I'm like, thank God you finally learned something. I feel like this is a complete 180 from whatever the writing was for Renee in season six. Like, this is the Renee we saw growing in season five. And, like, you can just skip season six, all of it, and it just goes straight to season seven. Because that's, that's, this is what we were supposed to get last season. A more understanding Renee of what it is to, to be out there. Um... And it's just it's just really cool to watch to see that for him. Meanwhile, we have uh, Dinah, who is really on the side of the law here. I don't know what happened to her in the past six months, but uh, I don't know. I guess not being Black Canary really just made her want to be a better police officer, or she wants uh, the police uh, to get more recognition Lady Cop. for their work. Right, oh, yeah. Professor X. Oh Lord, no! For the love of God, no! We're not doing Lady Cop. No. <laughs> okay, sorry. No. No, inside joke if she comes back this season professor is going to be so happy but um renee ends up um saving one of his students in a tricky situation one of the students that kind of called him out like oh we have to learn to fight because there's no vigilantes and you know renee can't really say anything you know like yeah they know he's wild dog and stuff but there's a law you can't go out there or they're gonna arrest you but renee goes to help him and um we get a really nice fight scene for Renee. Really well shot, really nice. It kind of shows you that Renee really has picked up um, a lot of Oliver's fighting style. Like he, he knows how to take on more than one uh, guy at a time or three guys at a time. There was quite a bit of guys there, although they were just like street thugs. But still, it was really great to see a more mature Renee. And uh, although he does take them on really well, he gets some help from the mysterious Archer. Um, we did get a scene with him earlier getting some guy and turning him into the police but he, we get him again um and renee's kind of on his side he they, this causes a rift between him and dinah um as they talk about him she's like we need to bring him in zero tolerance and renee's like no he's he he's bringing hope back again and this is where it just escalates because they set a trap for the new vigilante and wild dog ends up helping him escape um, and this is probably the third scene that I was saying that I really liked in this in in this episode. All the fighting scenes were great, but I really, really like this um, mysterious archer. I don't know who's in the suit. I don't know if it's an actual actor, um, or it's just the stunt double doing something. They haven't figured out who's going to be in there. But I swear that scene where uh, they have the arrow and it looks like I don't know he's doing like a backwards like get over here scorpion type of thing i don't know but it was amazing the flip and the taking the guy with the arrow and the string oh my god it was just it was so so good so thoughts on dinah renee and this new archer professor x you can go first i kind of liked it i mean you have uh you know you're you're setting up a conflict between uh, you know, the members of New Team Arrow. Um, I think the idea of having Dinah being the chief of police sort of establishes, you know, for her to be a, a vigilante would be, you know, the height of hypocrisy. It makes sense that, you know, now she's arguing, hey, you know, no vigilantes let the cops do their job. Uh, that does make sense. And it does set up, you know, a, a fairly, you know, straightforward conflict uh, between her and Wild Dog. Uh, and I like the fact that, you know, she didn't come down on him immediately. She basically mm -hmm. said, just, you know, if you do it again, I'll be forced to bring you in. Um, so I like that. And and I do like the idea, you know, of, of Wild Dog, you know, working with kids, 
um, you know, trying to inspire hope. But, you know, he's in a very different situation from other people, you know, being there on the ground level, uh, you know, realizing the need for hope. And it's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, Arrow was never really presented as the hope hero uh, in the way that a uh, Supergirl or a Flash was. But to show the uh, the importance of having that uh, that vigilante, someone standing up for the little person, uh, I thought was nice. And it's something that, you know... Um, uh, for Arrow, who started out purely as a creature of vengeance and, and became a hero. Uh, I think it, it would be nice, I think, uh, you know, uh, on some level, if, if Oliver could hear that, the uh, the value of hope that he brings, and, and even, you know, the uh, the legend that he's created, uh, I think would be a nice thing for him to know when he's in prison. So I like that. I think it's, it's a good dynamic. It's a little tough, you know, because, you know, uh, everyone seems to know who they were, you know, the... Uh, uh, the bad guys uh, who were selling guns all immediately recognized Renee. Hey, weren't you that crazy dog um and uh, I, I think that it's interesting and then as i said that's why i want oliver to get out of prison not necessarily in an escape i want him to be trying to live an out life as a superhero because that's something they've never really dealt with in the dc tv sh- series uh before so i think that would be interesting and, and you know renee's kind of dealing with that on a very limited scale uh but i thought they set up the conflict nicely it was nice that they, they found a way to bring curtis back in and uh and just get us caught up i don't know how dinah got promoted to captain quite so quickly. I guess they did kill a lot of cops off uh, in the last episode. So <laughs> well, Lance, you know, wasn't he in charge? Wasn't Lance head of... He was, the... yes, but she only, she's only been with the, the force for, like, what, one season? Um, so that, uh, that that seemed, you know, a bit precipitous. But, hey, you know, she, she's wearing it well, and, uh, you know, it, it, it puts her in a very interesting situation because you think, well, that means you're going to have the friendly chief of police towards the vigilantes. But, no, she is, you know, taking uh, the stand that, uh, you know, vigilantes are bad. And, you know, legally she's right. You know, the uh, the city does have that anti-vigilante law. And, and, by the way, you don't need an anti-vigilante law. Vigilantes are by definition, working outside the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, that sets a very interesting conflict. Someone who knows that, someone who has worked like that in the past, I think depending on which way they choose to go with Dinah, that could be a very interesting conflict for her uh, to have to deal with, you know, the, the realization that this is what I used to do. But, you know, if I'm going to play it by the book now, that's going to, you know, create uh, challenges for her that, you know, uh, we haven't really had to deal with before. So I think that could be very interesting. Yeah, I'm really glad they're giving her something to do that doesn't involve a love interest. Um, I just think that it, maybe the 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 confrontation and the the tension between them seems a little bit kind of like I don't know maybe forced. But that maybe that's just because I feel like they were so close last season. So I am forgetting that this is a five month time jump. Everything is different. They've been doing their own things, even if they're keeping in touch. Um, everyone's kind of following their own pathway and I feel like Renee is the one that really you know he felt the most guilt which I'm hoping you need to make up for what you did buddy I don't I don't I don't forget um but um that's why I like what he's doing now with the kids and he he's also someone that's lived in the glades that's always been like a common theme throughout Arrow about how there's a lot of crime there and even worse now with no help so I'm really hoping they play with that this season too um, with the corruption and um, how things are being overrun in the glades yet again, so I want to see what that's and how far is it going to go until Dinah, you know, puts on her own mask back on. Uh, I really want to see if she's going to struggle with that this season. Like, do I, you know, abide by the law because that's my job and I believe in my officers, or do I have to, you know, go outside the law to keep the peace? Like, I just I hope they do something like that for her. Anyone else? Have something to say in regards to Dinah and Renee uh, or the new Archer? 
Well, I have a theory, but I'm going to wait until later, because it goes with something else. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the last thing I'm going to talk about is the, the flashes. But I did um, like Renee. You know, Professor X is, is going to yell at me, because I really I'm hated... I'm going to yell at you. I know. I really <laughs> hated Renee for the newbies. I, like, I hated every single thing that was the quote-unquote civil war. You know, I grew to love uh, these new people, and then I grew to loathe them over the course of a couple episodes. Unlike Brittany, I have forgiven them. And I can forgive. I, I believe in Beth. Well, you can forgive but not forget. Yeah, or, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I really liked being able to like Renee again. So I liked Renee in this episode. I completely understood Dinah's situation because she is now the law. I agree with Professor X. It's very weird that she got a promotion that fast. But I guess, you know, if you start killing all the the people in charge, you know, she just she got promoted. <laughs> and uh, we got a little teeny itty bitty bit of uh, Laurel. So that was interesting. I don't know uh, what that means, but um, I was here for that. Uh, I don't hate her as much as you, although she is to blame for Diaz being out there. But um, yeah, so it was nice to see the people. We got a little bit of uh, Curtis, uh, which was nice as well. Uh, so this was kind of like the Renee episode of the new people. I'm going to assume that each episode we're going to highlight one of the other ones to get a better feel for how they're doing and how they're coping. I did like their conversations of like Oliver's sacrifice and how, you know, we have to do this because, you know, we could have all gone to jail and, you know, Oliver sacrificed for us. So it's nice to see them kind of realizing what Oliver did for them. And I liked uh, Renee's um, urgency and, and really wanting to be out there for the people. I completely agree. I mean, hey, I complimented him when I first started this section. I said that this Renee felt like the one that we grew yes. to love uh, towards, you know, the middle of season five. Because he was a little, you know, he was a little, a little runt at the beginning of season five. Like, I do my own thing and blah, blah. He's a but wild you... dog. Exactly. A crazy dog. And then Oliver tames him. He disciplined him, which is exactly what... Uh, Renee says to his students, you know, it's about discipline and focus. You, you know, those are Oliver's words, you know, and I'm like, finally, like, this is the guy we should have seen in season six, regardless of like, you know, the contrived drama or whatever. Um, we know Oliver changed Renee's life for the better. And I really hated that they didn't give, you know, that didn't pay off in season six. It, it only paid off when he went to trial and everyone started feeling bad. But now, um, I feel like I just want to erase season six, a lot of it. I really do. I want. I just want to go to here and be like, Renee, I love you again, and I like where you're going. Um, and I, I, I just, you know, so I, I'm okay. We'll see what happens with Renee. And I don't want Professor X to be telling me stuff anymore. So, Beth, do your thing. <laughs> um, the last thing that we have to really talk about, because unfortunately we didn't get too much Curtis or we didn't get too much... Diggle, which is probably the biggest disappointment, but maybe we'll get more of him later. Hopefully some Lila. We got some interesting, I'm going to say right now, interesting flashes um, involving a man on a boat uh, on the way to what appears to be Lian Yu. Um, and once he's there, he searches for someone coming upon, you know, Robert Queen's grave. And then he's accidentally, you know, drawn into a trap. And 
there we get a glimpse of a hooded figure, which, by the way, if you guys, you know, stopped it and went back, could tell it's Roy. I, on the first watch, saw that it was Roy, um, and I'm not going to lie, I think by the second flash forward, um, I knew who it was. I'm not, I, I feel like I deserve some medals for that, unless you guys already did too, so then it wasn't that hard. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's only confirmed in the last flash forward uh, that the man re- reveals himself to be William, and he has been searching for Roy, who happens to be the guy in the hooded figure, which um, is red, but it's like a maroon, it's like a worn out. Uh, type of color so if you didn't catch it I don't blame you but it's an old rugged Roy and an older William and I don't know if it was mentioned in the flash forwards I don't think it was but maybe in the articles that it's supposed to be taking place 20 years into the future I don't know I can't don't quote me on that don't confirm yeah that was from I read that in an article too oh okay so then it was 20 years right so that would make uh William like in his maybe early 30s Mm mm-hmm Probably. So, yeah, we're. I don't believe this is time travel. I don't think we're, we're pulling a flash or anything. I just think these are legit flash forwards, just a lot more extreme as compared to the other flash forwards we've had before, which were in season four. So what we gather from this is William going to Lian Yu, which apparently didn't blow up entirely. I think like Prometheus just blew up parts of it or most of it. But uh, plants grow back. So, um... What's Roy doing there? Why is he looking for uh, for Roy? Why is he looking for his dad? I mean, what what is going on here? Um, I'm going to open this to the floor. So anyone who wants to talk about it, you give me your, your thoughts on this. Uh, do you like it? Do you not? Are you intrigued? Do you have any predictions? Um, go ahead. I'm intrigued. I don't know if I like it yet. Why, though? Why? Well, here's... uh, Okay, so here's my problem. And Brittany knows this. Uh, Obviously, the newbies do not. And I don't think Professor X knows this about me. I am the continuity police. You know... Well, you should know about this, uh, Brittany, based on Once Upon a Time. That's true. I have, like... I, I just... I love continuity. I hate retconning. And my only concern is, and I'll leave it as a dot, 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 uh, before I continue on, I want to say this. I totally get it. You know, when a series gets into six, seven, eight seasons, you know, you're starting to do stuff that wasn't necessarily planned when you had the idea for the series. I'd say for the most part, showrunners, they kind of map out maybe years one through five. And then post five is when things, you know, you kind of have to fit in certain things into storylines. You might have to create a little flashback to something and show it from a different perspective so that the story can advance and you can add little intrigue and drama and that kind of thing. My problem with that is sometimes it leads to retconning. And because this is Arrow and this is the show that inspired an entire universe, an entire multiverse, uh, multiverse, uh, manyverse, if you want to call it that, um, it just, it, it really worries me because like, and this is not me trying to say this to kill the damn show, but I feel like if any of these shows sort of wrap up first, it's probably going to be Arrow because it's the oldest one. 
Like, and since they're doing this 20 years into the future, it just, I don't know, it's going to affect other shows, and and if they start including elements from some of the other shows, like, I don't know, it just, it kind of bothers my spirit a little bit, and uh, it makes me really worried uh, about how this is going to affect everything else, so like the continuity police in me is just really kind of troubled by it. Now, if I can kind of silence that a little bit, it is intriguing, it is kind of neat, I don't know if I necessarily need this every single episode, um, it is kind of weird, I don't know if, if it's the wording that Oliver's missing or I need to find Oliver, because it's like we're kind of experiencing that over over on The Flash, what The Flash goes missing, um, is that setting stuff up, I don't know, for something bigger in this entire Arrowverse, I don't know, um, I'll go into my theory, and this will involve time travel. Oh my god, I knew it. Is the archer that's there now, adult William, that time traveled maybe with the legends or something like that, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know, that would be very weird even for Arrow, uh, but... I mean, if all the other shows are kind of doing stuff with time travel, why not do it on Arrow as well? He did do the Roy flip. and There's a uh, lot of flips, yeah. I know, he did the Roy flip, and so if Roy is training him in the future and he goes back into the past for some reason, he would have done the Roy flip. So there's that. Uh, I just, I don't know if I like the idea of uh, this new Green Arrow being Roy, just because they gave Roy a bit of a happy ending with Thea, but then, you know, 20 years in the future, it seems like he's uh, alone on an island. So his happy ending with Thea, well, 20 years, you know, if if she died maybe a year before that. So 19 years together, I guess that's good enough. I don't know. I'm very confused by this whole thing. I have conflicting feelings about it. Uh, maybe someone else can convince me uh, one way or the other. It is intriguing, though. So it, it is a new element. I don't know if I necessarily needed to see Leanne Yu again. I kind of felt like we were done with the island, but it's like, you know, it's like Jack on Lost. We gotta go back. And I don't know if I really want to go back. But, um... We're here, so uh, I, I trust that Beth has some sort of uh, interesting idea for this. Um, I guess we're going to see a lot of old age makeup. Yay. Oh my god. I I guess maybe this might... No, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I thought you read all the articles, Jeffrey. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm pretty sure I read that Beth said this is... The, the arrow's going to stay grounded. There will be no time travel. This I time. did read that as well, but it's like... I, I just... You know, you keep on showing us the, the you know, the, the arrow is here, and then in the future, he's holding the damn arrow. Like, it's just too much, and I get that showrunners sometimes say stuff to misdirect things. I, I did read, it's That's like, true. back to the That's basics, true. and this, that, or the other. But, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it to think that. I, I just, I don't know who else it could be. Um, although it took us, how long did it take us to find out who... Um, vigilante was so maybe maybe it isn't William and I'll be cool with that as well because I really don't know what they could have done with William from the future in the present day so I, I hope I that it's know not why, that yeah see I want to know why he's looking for Oliver and like where's Felicity where is everybody like I that is my question and I just 
I am so intrigued. I, I just really like this. I don't know if I would have trusted Mark Guggenheim with a flash forward. Like, I mean, after what happened last time, but this, I'm, I'm really intrigued. Oh, yeah, I'm, no, definitely not. Uh, damn. And, and, and you, you liked know what? it. And, Convince me. And to, and to what you said earlier about how earlier in the, in this episode that you said you were really nervous coming into to Arrow, uh, especially with the ups and downs that we've had. But not only that, we're in in the seventh season. I mean, if you've stuck with a show this long before, you know, you know, whether it's an action show, drama show, comedy, you know, sitcom, uh, sometimes by, I mean, even the sixth season, it starts to get a little wonky. Uh, some things might not go really well. The logic might be thrown out the window. It gets a little bit crazy. Um, and that's happened to me for, for a lot of shows, even friends, you know, that it's a, a popular show that, you know, I love too. I will still say that by the time it got to season nine, I didn't like season nine. I didn't like season 10. I think they really did a disservice. So I'm nervous too, even though Arrow's my favorite, but I really think that they're doing something pretty cool with these flash forwards, especially since Stephen Amell keeps saying that he's already signed on for the next season. And then if there's a season after that, he's going to be there. He doesn't seem to be done with Arrow yet. At least no, totally. I would say for I the next three seasons. So. I've said this before, and I will always say this. When Stephen Amell is done with Arrow, when he no longer wants to do it, I feel like that's when they will end it. Uh, I feel like it's still a moneymaker. It might not have the... Um, well, CW ratings are aren't as big as other networks, but it, it may not be in its prime ratings-wise, but I feel like, much like over on Supernatural, you know, as long as those two guys want to keep on doing it, they'll keep on doing it. So I, I, I think as long show, as yeah. Steven <laughs> is excited, well, there's that. But as long as Steven yeah. is excited, I feel like they'll keep on doing it. Yeah, I agree. I think you and I went long enough on this just because we're very passionate about this yeah. show. But I'm curious and, to what and, Dan has to say, because he was really excited about it. That's true. So, Dan, you can go ahead and go next. What are your thoughts on the flash-forward scenes? Uh, did you like them? Did you not? Any predictions? Yeah, you know, I dug them just from a narrative standpoint. It's fun to mix it up sometimes, and I agree. In the past, they've used it a little, but I wonder if it isn't just an allusion to the Flash going missing in 2024, because in the article on the show, it, it says that in a, a fight with Flash, but Arrow was there and Batwoman was there. And the Adam was there. I wonder if, because that's six years from now, it doesn't relate to Arrow missing and maybe William never sees his dad again or there's some period of time where he never sees him again. It just sets up kind of an interesting... Um, conflict? You know, I, yeah, conflict. And I mean, well, I'm, I see, I'm alluding to, you know. Yeah, yeah but, but I, I see how it, it could offset or wreck future shows once Arrow kind of goes off the off the air if they set up things that later have to be retconned but i i kind of feel like they're trying to maybe hedge against that by allowing for this uh future narrative that can take care of arrow not being around anymore that's i guess that's kind of the the short answer this is still the reason why but isn't i'm trying to remember remember legends um it was star city 2045 Yeah, that would Anybody? still work, though, right? Because if Flash hadn't been seen for 25 years. Who knows when Arrow came back But was the that old man Arrow. Was that before... Well, that'd be that after was the Flash season... event. That was after Flashpoint? Or was that before Flashpoint? Well, that, that'd be after when Arrow disappeared in 24. That's said that what happened on Legends will not affect uh, Arrow. Yeah, They're basically that, that as well. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, there yeah. you go. Um, 
also in terms of continuity, there was the whole thing in Legends where reality was rewritten. Rewritten, I think, in season two. So for all we know, that's also not a thing because of that whole thing that happened. Maybe Bebo just stepped in and rewrote reality. I love it. I'm here for that. You know what's interesting that we didn't really talk about? I, we were kind of going through that uh, Felicity part, but the name of the coffee shop is actually a reference to a Green Lantern comic from the 90s. And I just wonder, they, they center on it for so long, I wonder if it wasn't like, you know, it was an Easter egg, sure, but I, w I wonder if it was an allusion to you know, what was the name? I missed it. Radu Cafe. Oh, Are cool. You? It was the Kyle Rayner run, which I know a lot of people didn't like, and it had its own problems with fridging and stuff, but I just thought it was kind of interesting, because I was like, oh, I know that name. <laughs> but, uh, who knows? So, uh, as Brittany said, I kind of, as when I watched it the first time, when we saw Roy for that Daddy very Roy, brief sorry. second. Sorry? No, I'm sorry. Did you call him Daddy Roy? Yeah, I was saying Daddy Roy because oh. he looks—he looks straight up like a daddy. Just saying. Go ahead, continue. I'm yeah. Sorry. Um, well, I kind of—I also figured out that that was uh, Roy when he kind of comes at him, and I think he said you shouldn't uh, come here. And that's when I figured out. Oh, these are flash forwards. And so now I don't think there is going to be time travel. I really hope. There is not time travel. I think Arrow works best when it's uh, when it stays grounded. My question, yes, for me, grounded. They up. have a, a bunch of metas as series yeah. regulars. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. Whatever. That, you can't do anything about that now. But let's just not introduce time travel. Uh, where was I? Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So I was going to say it brings up an interesting question with the William reveal at the end. My big question is why is he going to Lian Yu to find Roy? And of course, where is Oliver? And I wanted to ask you guys a question about this. Do you guys think Oliver could still be in prison at that time? Oh years no, later? he gets out of prison, I'm going to say at the latest by episode six or seven. And yeah, that's just me guessing, not even going by spoilers. Like, I don't think yeah, he's going to be yeah, in prison. They've, yeah. They've shown him in uniform. Uh, I mean, there's been set photos that are obviously spoilers, but because Elseworlds, they just put out the poster and they put out some stills and stuff, and he's in the suit. There's no way he's in the suit in prison, right? So well, They've done weirder stuff, but yeah. But yeah, I the think... Flash had powers, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I mean, the only thing that I would say is the Elseworlds thing, I believe that that is an Elseworld, so it doesn't tie in with this continuity. I could be wrong about that. Or the other thing is kind of like how the maybe it's like, you know, if there is a big event for the crossover, uh, they kind of bring him out, but it's kind of like, oh, he has to go back once everything, the whole situation is under control. I don't think it's likely, but I think it would actually be very interesting if they kept him in prison uh, long term, maybe not in terms of episode count, but it. What if we had like a jump to way later, like a big time jump? I just can't see that happening because we right now all of the shows are kind of uh, 
continuity-wise, time-wise, it's different. Like, this one's five months, I believe. Flash is three months. Uh, Supergirl, I think they also said three months? Or, yeah, I believe. Uh, well, that one's a different Earth anyway. Uh, no, lies. Uh, Flash was not three months. Flash picked up exactly uh, mm-hmm. where it um, left off. So all of the shows are kind of in a, in a different type of thing, but I feel like they will catch up at some point. I do agree that the crossover is a little different this year, so they don't have to necessarily sync up, but I still, based on future, like, potential crossover type of things, I don't think Arrow's going to jump way ahead into the future. Uh, I know, Brittany, you wanted, uh, or at least you said, you know, if anyone has any theories or whatnot, I feel like he's going to get out of prison, episode uh, six or seven. Uh, before, I think seven as well. Yeah, before the mid-season finale. And uh, I think it's going to be something like legal it it isn't going to be that he escapes because if he escapes then it's like you know arrow colon prison break and like everyone's on the run i feel like they're going to pardon him or something or they're going to get him out to try to get diaz because obviously uh the fbi that's and, and argus it's not working so they're going to use oliver and they're going to pardon him and and they might even quote-unquote pardon uh, some of the other members of the team uh, so that they can suit up and uh, that's how they're going to start working against Diaz because I feel like once they realize the longbow hunters are going to be involved in that kind of thing that uh, it's going to be a bigger problem and so they're going to need Oliver out so they're going to quote-unquote pardon him and that's how he gets out Um, I just just to completely i guess disagree with what rohan just stated i feel like the show would be ridiculously boring if it's oliver in prison like for more than what i just stated i, I just i can't Besides, um, he's already been there for five months we just didn't see it exactly except, like you know and I, that's already longer than barry barry was in there for like two days i know well you always love to I don't know why you, you know compare. I'm gonna throw shade at him. But I, I don't know I, why you compare the. This isn't the first time she's done it, uh, listeners. It. I find it. it funny though. It's like, why are you comparing their prison sentences? Because first I'm up, Barry was imprisoned for uh, for an alleged murder. Oliver is in prison for many murders, like, and for many crimes. Like, there's no comparing them, at least in my opinion. That he actually did also. Exactly, that he actually did. Like, Barry was framed, so yes, he was going to be in prison for less. Yeah, Um, enjoy some pudding and, I know. I'm sorry, I'm bitter. But I still love Barry. But, uh... But yeah, so it's just because of what they did over on The Flash, because I, I didn't really necessarily care for Barry in prison either. I just can't see them going on longer than uh, maybe Max Episode 7. So, yeah. Alright. Um, Professor X, do you have any thoughts on The Flash Forwards or any predictions you want to mention? I kind of like the idea of The Flash forwards you know uh, I'm, I'm a bit with uh uh with jeff in a way that i worry about you know sort of tying your hands continuity wise uh you know, there are you know always issues of you know uh when you're looking into the future is it you know possible future is it a, a destined future and and will that affect your storytelling going forward uh but i just was curious as to who everyone thinks uh, the green arrow is yeah me too i think I think it, his his structure, his body structure looked really like it looked like Colton Haynes. 
It really did. Aside from the flips, like when he was landing, if you really just pause and look at him, it looked like the stance of Roy. And I just, I don't know. But now I feel like that's a red herring. Like it's too obvious that it's Roy. But then we see Roy in the flashback. But does he, or flash forward. So what's he doing here? What's going on? I don't know. But I, I am so intrigued. It's like we're getting the arrow without really having the arrow. And this guy or girl it's super oh, violent. Well, there you and go. I just, I, I really love it. I just, I, I'm living for it. And I'm not going to lie, though, Jeff, because I know I was giving you shade about uh, time travel and stuff. I was wondering if this has something to do with the Flash anyway, because they're mm -hmm. talking over there about um, when the Flash goes missing. So is Oliver also missing? Although on the article it says there that it, he's not. It's just the Flash. That's gone yeah, missing. it says that the other heroes kind of witness it. Um, yeah, so what, it, does something happen there and they disband and everyone goes missing or they're looking for Barry? Like, is, is this connected in some way with that? I'm wondering. That doesn't mean it has to be um, William coming back from the future to be the new Green Arrow. I don't know. No, I don't think that. I'm just wondering if the futures are kind of set there or something, but maybe not. Maybe we're overreaching too much. Otherwise, I think the crossover itself would come to a head and everybody would be dealing with uh, the the crisis or whatever that's going on or the Flash disappearing, which I really wish they were going to do this season, but I don't think they're going to do it. No, it's a 2024. 20, um, yeah. Yeah, no. But um, I did read this in, in the comment section of a TV line article uh, about the episode, and sometimes the comment section isn't truthful. Sometimes you find gems in there. I could not... Uh, I, well, I'll be honest, I didn't do the research to back this up, but I did read a comment that said that the the stunt double, or the body double that uh, is this new Green Arrow is not the same body double that has done um, Colton Haynes in the past. So take that with a grain of salt, but if that is true, then maybe it's not Roy? I don't know. I don't know, that was just like a hunch. Or maybe they're just using Colton Haynes just to use him, but it's really not him. I don't know. Uh, but I like a good mystery. I hope that um, they do well They do well by that. They did well There's with There's also the question of whether this new archer is uh, doing it for altruistic reasons, because didn't he end up stealing that money at the end? Oh, that's true. And then he, wasn't he, gave he it like... back, though. He did Robin Hood at there, right? I mean, he gave it to local businesses. Oh yeah. Well, well some took, of it. Some of he it took something though, right? Did well, twenty-two businesses or something. It was like twenty-two businesses each got some amount of money to replace. But if they got stuff, all that's... that money from an arms deal. I don't know because there are those longbow hunters floating around. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, that's the other thing. They might be, uh, you know, uh, cloaking themselves in green in order to to do something more nefarious. Oh, that's interesting. There was a just going back to the comment section. One that made me laugh. It, they were like, "It's Malcolm Merlin." I'm like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, please no. Lord, Lord, no. I, lo I love me some John Barrowman, but no. Oh my god. Please do... I, I hope they surprise us, but even if they don't, I mean, it is season 7. I'm, I'm gonna let some things pass as long as they fix the damage of season 6. But so far, I like where everything is going. Um, Anyone else have anything to add before we move into uh, Most Valuable Player? Alrighty then, let's move into that. Uh, most valuable player, which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. If someone has already mentioned the character you were going to choose, you must select a different one. I really feel like I should choose myself because I have the power. And I really feel like nobody else is going to choose her because... Well, now you know. just freaking told us, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I could be talking about... You know, there's yeah, other Laurel. women that came out in the episode, so... 
I mean, let's be real. Um, Professor X, take it from her. I don't know. I feel like Professor X is going to shame me for this. Like, that's why I don't want to do it. I, I feel pressured. But then again, I don't care. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to <laughs> um, have uh, my most viable player go to Felicity. I just, I loved her this episode. They're giving her so much to do. The actress was always promised certain storylines. And they always, you know, took away from that. I remember they really gave her that, that wheelchair um, you know, storyline, and she did a lot of research, and then they just gave her a chip, and they hacked into her spine. Like, they, they've never really given her, although they promised the fans that she's always going to get something. And I feel like this is the start of something for her, and I really, really enjoyed everything. Her emotional scenes, her fighting scenes, her little jokes, like, and her scenes with William were just, they were all phenomenal. So, Felicity for me. All right, then. Rohan, you can go second. Who is your MVP and why? Uh, my MVP has to be Oliver himself. Ooh. And um, the biggest things, uh, it's, well, one, I think Amel gave probably the best performance out of everybody in the episode. Uh, with that being said, with someone like Diggle, we only saw him for maybe three minutes tops, so it's hard to judge a performance when you only get a few minutes, but uh, like Amel gave a great performance and uh, the, the naked fight scene was awesome, especially when he yeah. kicks the guy's head through the through the wall. And then of course the ending where he picks up the, the plate and just beats that one guy up. Uh, he didn't kill him, but he, he injured him pretty badly, so it's gotta be Oliver for me. Alright. I like that explanation, though. Oliver was my second choice, so well done. Alrighty then. Professor X, you may go next. Who is your MVP? Uh, a big surprise. Uh, after last season, Renee. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever find myself uh, picking <gasps> uh, Renee for an MVP. Uh, but I love what they're doing with this character. Uh, I like that you know they're really establishing that you know he's reestablished uh, links with his daughter, that he's sort of taking that mentoring uh, role with the youths, the way he, uh, you know, he realized uh, that the one kid was going to do something stupid and try to stop him. Uh, and also, you know, being that sort of street-level uh, guy who uh, who realized the importance of hope. Uh, and, and I think that puts him uh, into a nice conflict with, uh, with Dinah going forward. Uh, so, yeah, surprisingly, uh, Renee. All right, fair enough. I gave a lot of Renee. I gave I gave Renee a lot of crap, but they did write him well in this episode, so I'll give him that. All right then, Dan, you may go next. Who is your MVP? Well, I had, you know, in descending order, there are Oliver, Felicity, and then Renee, so it kind of leaves me a little in the lurch. But uh, does it have to specifically be an actor? Um, Can I say Beth Schwartz? I I feel like she's the MVP. She's <laughs> turning the season back around, I'll uh, allow making it. us forget I'll season six. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I suppose I would have had to go with one of the minor characters that just kind of showed up for a couple of minutes, but really, Beth Schwartz deserves the, the MVP. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't go wrong with you there, so and I'll allow it because it is the first episode, and um, while a lot of people got to shine, not everyone did, so I totally get it. So, Jeffrey, you get a free pass here. Maybe he might have chosen someone you have on your list, or maybe not, but uh, who is your MVP? Actually, no free pass. This was such a uh, like an episode that focused on 
very specific characters. It really yeah. is like, difficult to choose anybody beyond the three that were referenced first. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be quite honest, full disclosure, Renee was my MVP, and I had all my eggs in, in the Renee basket. I was really excited to rep for him, especially because what, of what Professor X stated. Uh, I don't know if I would have chosen him, especially after the, um, the second half of uh, last season. But I do have someone that it was just great to see him on my screen again. Uh, I'm going to give it to Michael Jai White, Bronze Tiger. Uh, we didn't see a lot from him, but uh, I did like the fight that he got in. Um, I just like that they brought him back. Although, not to be the continuity please, uh, but um, I don't know if it was retconning, but wasn't he part of the Suicide Squad? Like, Wouldn't he have been in like an Argus prison and that kind of thing? Or at least the Arrowverse Suicide Squad? Well- I think they retconned the shit out of that because he, it was said that he blew up in that Suicide Squad episode, the last one we ever had, or the second to the last one. So he's technically supposed to be dead, but he never got a body. Brittany is right because when he popped up on screen, my first thought was, I thought he was dead. Yeah. Well, there you go. So even though it's like Supermax, although they haven't said it's Supermax... Like, it's just, it's weird to see him there. Whether he was dead or not, uh, he should be in Argus's custody. But it was great to see Michael J. White again. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the character, because I feel like this is not going to be, at least while Oliver's in prison, this won't be the last time that we see him. All right, then. I like I like that choice, though, because I, I do like the actor. I think he's uh, pretty cool. I think one of the favorite things, or one of my favorite things that I liked him in was, like, a... Uh, what was it called? It was a really short uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy little online series, and he was uh, Jax, and he was just oh, really yes. awesome. Yeah, so I, I I totally adore him, and he was just so mean and brutal, and in Oliver's face, I was so done with him, but I was like, I like this. So uh, I think we're going to get some good stuff with him. Um, but okay, guys, lastly, it's just left to um, rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 arrows? The point system is allowed. Um... So you can give it an 8.5, or if you want to get more specific, you can do like a 9.7, 9.9, like not quite there. Whatever you want. No judgment. Maybe a little bit. But if you found the episode exceptional, you, uh, which is deserving more than a 10, you may grant it a, um, a golden arrow. So... I would say we're going to go in reverse, but I don't even remember my own order, so I'm just going to go at random again. (laughs) Uh, Professor X, you may go first. How would you rate this episode? I thought it was a very solid start to the season. As I said, uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised after uh, the dumpster fire of last season, Uh, and they got me caring about uh, Renee again. Uh, which I didn't think was possible. Um, I kind of like how they're setting things up. Um, eh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. All right, 9 out of 10. Pretty solid. Not bad. Um, Okay, next. Jeffrey, you can go next. How would you rate this episode? Apparently we're twins. I'm going to give it a 9 as well. I thought it was a solid premiere. I like where they're going with this i i like the setup for this new season and uh, even though i am worried about the flash forwards they are intriguing and i also like the concept of uh, this new green arrow as well as uh, you know they keep on referencing that oliver queen is the green arrow oliver queen is the green arrow so uh i think uh what professor x stated um it 
the fact that uh, whenever Oliver gets out, that he's going to be an out superhero or an out vigilante. That's going to lead to a really interesting uh, story turn. So uh, I'm excited. Nine. All right, two nines. Are we going to make it a third? Um, Dan, you may go next. How would you rate this episode? I agree. It's a solid episode. Uh, I, I was going to waffle a little bit, but, but everybody, you know, I was going to go with a nine. But everybody else was going to go a little higher. I was going to, you know, bend a little peer pressure there. But yes, it's a solid episode. Uh, they, they opened up a lot of stuff. Curious to see where it goes and what it means for the team. But uh, yeah, solid nine. Oh, I feel you, Dan. I always um, fall under pressure sometimes. But when it comes to Arrow, I honestly don't. I just tell it like it is. But I'm going to give mine last. So, Rohan, you may go next. How would you rate this episode? And don't give in to pressure. Um, I will not be giving in to pressure. Because I, like I said at the beginning, I was a little bit mixed on this episode. I really love all the Oliver stuff in prison. Everything else I felt like it was set up and it didn't really connect or have a good uh, structure or flow to it. So I think it is a solid episode, especially I think the fight scenes. And I am going to end up giving this a seven. Boo. Which... <laughs> it's still a respectable score, in my opinion. Well played, well played. Yeah. He's uh, the I new just... you, Dan. Dan is so... apparently outed himself uh... <laughs> last week as a low scorer on a different podcast so i did yes okay um so like i said it, the only reason is because it doesn't have great connectivity uh, with the stuff that is happening outside of the prison so yeah it's seven out of ten still a good episode it's all set up so that's the other thing it's for me it's hard to judge something that is all set up until I see the the payoff of it. Boo. Okay, then. That's our <laughs> lowest score for now. Because I'm going to... Ah, I'm just kidding, no. Okay, that is our lowest score. I'm going last. Um, I'm probably going to pick it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm just going to archive this episode. I really liked it, guys. I mean... It's not I know archive. I... Oh, yes. That's true. It's a golden arrow. I'm going to give this a golden arrow. I would probably give it two golden arrows if I could. I just really like this as a premiere, as um, a stepping stone for the season. I really lost quite a bit of faith last season with uh, how that season just derailed. There was only a couple of really solid things, but everything else was just so... Like, the flaws outweighed... Um, the pros and I just I could not get over that I was so disappointed last season so coming in here I was like you guys got to do something you got to get me invested and although I still have some bitter feelings towards NTA um, they wrote them well in the episode where I didn't hate them but they weren't my favorite part though but I was still okay with them I have no like complaints about them nobody annoyed me um, but aside from that I had a lot of things that I loved and it was really Oliver uh, Felicity stuff that I just, I just, I love. And when they write for those two, because they're my favorite characters, I tend to give a higher score. And I'm not going to lie, I mean, I didn't talk about it, but in their emotional reunion, I got really teared up. I, I am I am such an Oliver fanboy. I feel so bad for him. I feel like too many bad things happened to him. And 
his reaction to anything Felicity or William always gets to me. And I just feel like these two have suffered so much and I just, I cannot. So whoever wrote that scene, if it was you, Beth, I hate you, but I love you. So when we get stuff like that, I just, I have to give it either, or I have to archive it or give it a golden. Like The Flash, I also gave it an archive, but that was for different reasons. It was emotional and it was funny and it was good. And Arrow was emotional, aggressive, and strong. And so that's why it deserves its own golden thing. So that's for me. I have no pressure or I'm not falling under any pressure. This is how I feel. Professor Arts, um, can you believe Brittany cried? No, I legit sobbed. I don't know if it was something I was drinking that night, but I was really, really like invested Gatorade. in Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade. I can't believe she uh, archived uh, the premiere of The Flash when she wasn't even on the podcast. She was. Oh, no, she wasn't. Oh, wait, she I was? was. Yes, yeah, she was. I archived it. No, and she, you're she like, I'm going to She missed I Supergirl. Yeah. She missed Supergirl. Okay, fine. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I must have been thinking about Supergirl. You're right. There you go. Um, but I'll be there next time. But anyways, um, that's it for now. Join us next time for a brand new installment of the Star City Report. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Star City Report. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Star City Report and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-host, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, Star City. Good evening. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Star City Report every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Popular Radio Archives. Good night.